How's everybody doing this morning? That was weaker than the 9 a.m. I'm going to ask you guys this one more time. And I want to hear you guys scream so that the people across the street can hear it, all right? How you guys doing this morning? Hey. Let's stand and worship together. As the eyes begin to open, and the blindness meets the light, and you have so seen, I see the world in light, I see the world in wonder, I see the world in light, bursting in living color, I see the world you wear.
Jesus a hand this morning. Turn to somebody you don't know. Tell him your name. Say, I want to be your friend this morning. Can we be friends? How many of you love Jesus this morning, by the way? Raise your hand. Give a yell. Shout amen. Say, I do. I do. We're going to sing about that this morning. Raised to love. 
How many of you believe that God is able? Yeah, I like that. God is able. Father, we thank you today that you are able. God, you are able to do that which we cannot do on our own. Father, we thank you for that today. We thank you for the power that we find in our relationship with Jesus Christ, Lord. We thank you today. Lord, we just ask today that you would just wrap your loving arms of love and care, God, around each of us today. I pray that you be especially near to those today who are going through difficult times. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would minister in a mighty way, Lord. And Father, for those of us who came in today and we're on cloud nine and just, uh, Lord, help us to be an encouragement to all those around us today. Bless those online today. Lord, we pray that you would just be near to each one, those in the cafe and the children, uh, the children, our students, and maybe in the parent room, Lord. God, wherever your people are gathered this day that call Salem Fields their church, dear God, we pray that you would bless in a very special way. I pray that you'd be with Gay today as she brings the message, Lord. God, I just pray that you would uh, just open our ears and our heart to receive all that you have for us today. May the anointing be upon her today, Lord, as she breaks forth the word of God to us. Lord, I'm thankful for Salem Fields. I'm thankful, God, to be a part of this great church. And I ask, dear Lord, that you would help us during this Easter season to uh, be mindful of those around us who, uh, Father, do not know you. And, uh, Lord, we just want to be a lighthouse here on this little hill in this part of our county, Lord. And I just pray that Easter would be a grand celebration here at Salem Fields, Lord, and around our community, wherever there's churches that are lifting up the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that you'll fill it up, fill us up with seekers seeking after you. And God, may something happen in our community through our Easter efforts that would change lives, change our community, change our, our nation, change our world, Lord. We just thank you in advance for what you're gonna do. Lord, help us to be about uh, uh, reaching those in our sphere of influence, Father, as individuals. And uh, God, help us to be bold. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome to church today. We're glad that you are here today. And uh, we appreciate that you came out today and are part of our worship service here at Salem Fields. If you're a guest today, we're just so happy that you're here. We uh, just uh, thank you for giving uh, Salem Fields a visit. And uh, we'd love for you to fill out a connection card that you find in your program. If you're a regular attender, we'd like those to be filled out too. It helps us to know who's been around and who's not been around. Uh, as we have three services, and sometimes we don't always know that. And so, anyway, uh, check in on Facebook. I forgot to do that last service, but check in on Facebook. It's a great place to uh, tell people how much you love your church. So when you check in today, uh, even just don't lie, but say, hey, I love my church, okay? And check in. Men's breakfast coming up. Oh, no, i got to talk about the offering. We'll take the offering in just a moment. Uh, the buckets will come by, and you can give a check or cash in that. You can go out to the, the uh, kiosk and give by credit card or debit card. Uh, you can go online and give, or you can give on our app. However you give, give unto the Lord, okay? And he loves a cheerful giver. And so when you give today, just be cheerful. When the bucket comes by, just shout or something. Uh, and so, uh, how excited you are. Men's breakfast, uh, the 24th, uh, for men and their kids. Uh, you know, it's for uncles and their kids, uh, and for their kids and their ear influence. Anyway, men, bring a, bring a kid and come to breakfast uh, this uh, March 24th. It's going to be a great time. And you say, well, buddy, I don't have any kids. Just go down to Walmart and get a kid that's parents are tired of them <laughs> and bring them 
to breakfast and then take them back. Uh, women's night out, sweets and treats. Bring your sweets and treats and come on out and have a sweet time uh, at the sweet and treat night on March 23rd. Uh, you can go to women at salemfields.com and get more information on that or men's um, breakfast. You can go to men at salemfields.com. You know, coming up is Easter. It's the Super Bowl of our Christian faith. It's a time when we get to celebrate Christ's death. Uh, and his resurrection is what we celebrate at Easter. It's a grand time. And I just read just this week that more people go to Easter than any other time of the year. And so there are a lot of people out there who say, boy, I'd love to go to church because it's been a part of their tradition. And, uh, and maybe they don't know where to go. And you just can say, you know what, I'll invite you to Salem Fields. Uh, but one of our great events that we have is our crosswalk. We started last year. It was an amazing night. We're calling it a walk of hope, and uh, we start at the, uh, well, I'll let you watch a video. In today's world, hope can seem fleeting, scarce, absent. So many of us have been hurting so deeply for so long that the mere concept of hope is something we dare not wish for. Yet hope is not a luxury. We need hope like we need air. On Friday, March 30th at 7 p.m., we will meet at the Gordon Road Commuter Lot to begin our annual Walk of Hope. We invite everyone, anywhere, to join us as we carry a cross to Salem Fields Community Church. As we walk together as a community, sharing our stories of pain and sorrow and of joy and triumph, real hope will shine despite all of the darkness. The Salem Fields Walk of Hope, sharing real hope with anyone everywhere. Yes, what an awesome uh, event that was, and we gather at the uh, Gordon Road commuter lot, and uh, uh, the Sheriff's Department has closed down Gordon Road uh, for us to, to break that walk. Last year, we had about 400 people show up. This year, we'd like to have 1,000 people. Now, this is not a Salem Fields uh, holy huddle. This is for anybody in our community, and I just think that people that really would like to uh, be a part of Easter, this would be a non-intimidating kind of situation for us to invite our friends to. And I think people really, uh, really will be inspired uh, if they make this walk. We'll gather back here for a few mo moments when we finish our walk, and then there will be shuttles that will take everybody back to their car. And uh, so would you just do your very best to invite people? Because I think if they understand what it is, we're trying to advertise it the best we can. Uh, but if you would invite them, I think they would enjoy that. Uh, gathering. Our Easter service times, uh, communion is on Thursday night, uh, March 29th at 7 o'clock. We always have a great, great uh, uh, inspiring time of communion. And then our Walk of Hope on Friday, our Easter services are Saturday at 4 and 6. And then Sundays, uh, our sunrise service on Sunday at 6.30 out by the cross. That's an inspiring service. And also our Easter services will begin or will be again on April, uh, April 1st at 9 and 11. So invite your friends, okay? That's our job is to invite our friends. I promise you, if you got friends that don't know Jesus Christ, that they are going to hear the gospel because we're going to preach the gospel and we're going to share uh, the great uh, good news. And we don't want, uh, you know, there are many people that are fooled. And uh, our theme this year is don't be fooled. That's on April Fool's Day. And uh, so there are many people that are being fooled about uh Christ and about uh, Christianity, and so we want to uh, share the gospel with them. So hand out the, you got cards in your program, we got cards everywhere in the building, just pick up some cards, just hand them out, 
wherever you go, hand out a card. Uh, tell people about the, the website, salemfields.com slash Easter. They can find all the information on there. We'll be putting it on Facebook. When you see it on our Facebook page, you just share it. That, uh, that really helps spread the word. Uh, when, you just, when we post something at Salem Fields, all you have to do is hit share, and that will show up on your, on your page, and lots and lots of people will see that. Okay, um, share, uh, and then the best way is to invite someone to come, just face-to-face, -face, inviting them to come to Easter. And I think that most people will come. Uh, it's not people won't come. It's because we're kind of halfway afraid to invite. But I think people are just waiting to be invited. Anybody have somebody in here that you'd like to go to hell? I mean, maybe you told some people that, but do you really want... I don't know of anybody in my life that I want to go to hell, and I, I'm pretty sure most of you, except one uh, that I saw raise their hand, <laughs> uh, don't want somebody to go to hell. And so you bring them to Easter, and we're going to preach the hell right out of them, okay? <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. God bless. What did you say? did. But Jesus invites us to a life that has an end result of joy and freedom. And so he gives us his words, he gives us his wisdom, and he gives us his commands so that we can live his way. He's very clear with us. Now, today we're going to direct our uh, thoughts and our heart and our ideas to uh, Jesus' word, and it's, we're going to pay attention to one of the most broken, neglected uh, commands that Jesus gives, and that's don't judge. Say what? <laughs> Say what? Don't judge. That is humanly impossible. But each week, we've talked about something that is humanly impossible that Jesus asks us to do. Love your enemies, humanly impossible. Don't be anxious, humanly impossible. And today, don't judge. It's humanly impossible, but maybe Jesus gives us this warning about don't judge because he loves us so much. And he knows that when we do that, that it, it brings destruction in our life. And so today we're gonna, we're gonna look at what he means by don't judge. Okay, say it again.
opinionated society, don't we? People are disagreeing with each other every day. It happens most of the time inside our own homes. I mean, if, go ahead. Say what? I like that. <laughs> go ahead, do it for me one more time. Say what? <laughs> we do, we do. Well, John Burke, the pastor, he's a pastor in Austin, Texas, keeping Austin weird. Uh, but John Burke, he's the pastor there, and he assumed that he wasn't judgmental. And so he decided to do a personal little experiment, and he decided that he was going to watch himself at, for one week and write down every time he heard himself being judgmental. And so he did it, and this is what he discovered. Judging others is fun. 
It just is. And the reason for that is because it makes me feel so good about myself. Well, he says this. He said, I'm not sure I went one day, one single day without this sin. And he said, I heard myself condemn my son numerous times for his messy room. And I heard myself judge my daughter for being moody, especially when I was in my mood because I had reason for mine. (laughs) And he said, even the dog had the hammer of condemnation for his bad breath. Dogs have bad breath, don't they? Now he said, some of you may be thinking, wait a minute. You're not saying that correcting my kids for a messy room is judging, are you? And he said, no. But there's correction that values with mercy and correction that devalues with judgment. And he said, I heard myself condemn those idiotic people in the news. Now, none of us here do that, right? And he said, uh, I I heard myself condemn people for the way they drive, for the way they dress, and what about that music they listen to? He said, I heard myself in all of this. And he said, I went to the grocery store and I stood in the shortest line, the express lane, right? And uh, how many of you have gone to the express lane and counted how many items? Yeah, me too. There's 14 items in there. What's wrong with you people here? Right? This is what he said. And he said, that teenage checker, why can't that person focus so we can get out of here? And he said, if we're honest, and we're usually not, he said, judging others really becomes a way of life. It becomes our favorite pastime. And we're great at judging the world around us. And we do it by standards that we would resent if it's done to us. And the payoff? Well, judging just helps us feel better and smarter and cooler than other people. Now, we don't stop and think about that. And this message is going to step on every one of our toes. And this is my third time delivering it, so my toes are smashed. (laughs) All of us, No one is unbiased 100% or non-judgmental. Every single one of us judge. Now, making judgments is part of our daily life. It's kind of like food. We have to have it on a daily basis, but it can be used in an unhealthy way too, right? Yeah. Judgments are part of life. But we make judgments every day that are either harmful to others harmful to ourself, or um, judgments that really aren't, judgments that are okay. So it's really important for us when we come here and we really are seeking God or we wouldn't be here this morning and seeking his way, and, and we really do want to live a life that he says that we can live. So it's really important that we take this time and open our minds and open our hearts to what he might wanna say to each one of us about this subject. It's really important for us to do this. And so we're gonna sort through this with Jesus and his words, and I'm gonna stick close to that because this is not about my opinion telling you something. This is about what Jesus says. And he says this, he says, don't judge 
or you too will be judged. For in the same way that you judge others, you'll be judged. And with the same measure that you use, it'll be measured to you. So it's pretty important that we stop and think this through, isn't it? We're going to begin contrasting the voice of culture, the voice that's out there and that we hear every day with the voice of Jesus. Now, our culture says, and all you have to do is watch the protests or watch whatever's going on out there, and, and the, the culture says, don't judge me. Now, implicit in that is you don't judge me. I'm right, you're wrong, and you need to change. Everybody else needs to change, and if they would, everything would be fine. But Jesus comes along, and Jesus is completely countercultural. He says something that goes completely against what most people are living. And this is what he says. He drops that one word, and he says, don't judge. And whereas the culture is pointing the finger at everybody else, Jesus is concerned about the motives in our heart, and so he points the finger at the individual. And he says, turn that around, and his desire really is that people would live the abundant life. He wants us to have joy and he wants us to have freedom and he doesn't want us to bring harm to other people or to ourselves. And Jesus has found a way that when we live by his words, we won't bring harm to other people or to ourselves. And in the meantime, we will bring glory to God. And what more is the world looking for than something real? Something that goes countercultural, something that isn't just doing what everybody else does. And this is what Jesus calls us to. And he goes on and he tightens it even further. And he says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? He says, Yeah, your brother has something, but it's pretty small compared to what really you need to look at in your own eye. He said, He said, Let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye. Why don't you do that, you hypocrite? First take the plank out of your own eye. That's the finger pointed at the individual, isn't it? Pointed in to our own heart. And then you will see clearly. Because you see, when we're pointing our finger at everybody else, we have a blindfold on to ourselves. And we actually do the very thing that we hate. And so Jesus loves us so much that he's willing to tell us the truth. And he's willing to say, okay, everybody, if you want to live this life, then let's take a look in our own heart. And he said, let's let's, uh, forget about the speck in someone else's eye and let's look at what's going on in us. Now, every single one of us, every one of us have been guilty of judging others, me included. I watched that Texas-Nevada game. Uh, Did you see that? It was an upset. And I was really kind of glad. Buddy went off to the store right at overtime, and that's when the game got really good. And it was really exciting, and Nevada went on to upset Texas, and and, uh, then afterwards, the coach was so overwhelmed by how excited he was. He went into the 
into the locker room and he said, guys, effing this and effing that and effing. And I said, oh man, why does he have to do that? Well, Thursday night we were here and with the band, we went through this and I was sharing with them and I said, how many people would commit to catching yourself when you're judging someone? And we all raised our hand. And the next morning I said to Buddy, I said, can you believe what the, and I caught myself. And I said, I was judging that coach. And I said, I am sorry, God. I just caught myself doing the very thing that I hate being done to me. We're all guilty of it. We've all suffered the sting of being judged. You can't stand on a stage like this or in front of other people without opening yourself up to being judged. It's amazing how much can be picked out to be looked at. We've all suffered the sting of being judged. And isn't it interesting that even though we've judged and even though we felt the sting of being judged, we still do it don't we? We're going to get real honest here. See, there isn't a command of Jesus that's more consistently broken and neglected than this one. And I think it's because it is so hard. And unless we take the time to really live out these words of Jesus and to really look at what he's saying to us, we just kind of go on and do what we've learned to do out of habit. Now, James and, and Paul echoed the same words of Jesus, and, and they would say to the people as well, who are you to judge? And back in that day, the early Christians, the followers of Christ, they had decided to follow Jesus, and they truly did want to love, and they were loving one another, but they also saw that they still had this problem that they were still pointing out the faults of other people. And Jesus and James and Paul all drove this home and Luke talks about it again. And he says, why are you looking at the splinter in your brother's eye, but you're not even noticing what's in your own life? And still here today, we're still talking about it because it's so difficult for us to catch ourselves in the moment and to know exactly how to live out the words that Jesus gave us. So the first thing that we're gonna do is we're gonna look at why. Why do we do this? If we know in our head that it's wrong and we've felt the sting of it hurting, why do we continue to do this? And so we're gonna look at what it takes for plank removal. Okay, did you ever see anybody have that business of stump removal? Man, that is a tough job. They put a chain around, they take a tractor and pull. Well, this is even harder. Metaphorically, we have a plank in our eye. And what is it gonna take for us to remove that so we don't leave here today and say, well, I heard the words of Jesus, but I really can't live them. Because we're gonna be in our same old habits, we're gonna be uh, living out of judgment, we're gonna be living out of fear, unless something in our heart can change. So let's look at it. First of all, we make really quick assumptions about people, don't we? We make snap judgments. It's just the human way, watch this. <sighs> That's a really pretty drawing you got there. 
that's a really pretty drawing you got there. Hey, listen. I was just complimenting your drawing. I'm not a creep that's trying to get at you or anything. these days you think every guy's after you you have so much attitude it's ridiculous probably within the minute and 44 seconds that that video played, you probably figured out she's probably deaf. But what about when you're offended? We're not sitting back and watching it. And what happens when somebody does something to you that you don't like? Don't we immediately react and respond? And don't we make assumptions really quickly? It's like me, when I pull out in front of you out on the road, I've been flipped off many times, but I, I, I didn't really mean to do that. My mind was probably somewhere that I should have been paying more attention. You see, there's always a backstory. There's always a backstory. When Jesus was speaking to the Jews, as he often did, he knew that they were trying to follow the law. And he knew that there were some things really important to them. And he would speak to them in their words and in their ideas. And so he would relate and connect to them. And he knew that the Jews saw that there were six great works that would bring credit to a person when they go to heaven. And number six was thinking the best of other people. And he saw that the Jews saw this as a sacred duty, but they weren't living that out. And so he was reminding them, this is so important, that all of us are equal, that it doesn't matter if it's a person that has the fault that just grates on your worst nerve or the person that is just the king of the world. All people are of equal value. And we need to be reminded of that. Nobody's probably going to tap you on the shoulder and do that for you. But it's our responsibility to catch ourselves in the moment and remember that there is a backstory to every person, whether it's a shooter or whether it's a person that we admire. There is a backstory to every person who doesn't do things the way that we think they should be done, the right way. Because after all, we know what's right, right? Condone their actions? Absolutely not. No, we don't need to condone their actions. And the law and uh, God can take care of that. But unless we take the time to understand and to listen 
to that backstory, there is no way that we will make an accurate judgment about that person. Halil was a famous rabbi and he said, don't judge a person until you've come into that person's situation. We all have a situation, don't we? We all want mercy. We all don't want to be judged. And so Jesus says, then don't judge. The second one is, why do we judge others? Well, sometimes we want what other people have. Sometimes we look at what they have and we say, why can't I have that? And Jesus spoke about this, about the unhealthy evil eye. And he said, if your eye is bad, then your whole body will be full of darkness. That's why it's so important to regulate what you put in your eyes because whatever you put in your eyes goes directly to your soul and it will come out. Now, Jesus was referring to, to looking at others with jealousy. And an unhealthy eye will admire and envy and judge all at the same time. Even if I admire what my neighbor has, the good points that I wish that I had, I'm judging them. When we look over into what someone else has, as we often do, and we want that, we're judging. Watch this. Why should it be like this? I don't know. It's not fair. Yeah, I know. There's nothing that we can do. I don't want to be like this. Me neither. I wish I was like him. I want to be like him. I want to be like him. I want to be like him. Sorry to take so long, dear. Are you ready to go now? It's one thing to watch on. We can figure it out pretty quick, can't we? It's another thing to catch ourselves in the moment when we're looking at what someone else has and we're wishing for that because what that does is put a blindfold on me to all of the blessings that God has given me. Listen, we have so much. Every single person here, every person online, they have a computer. Every person, we have so much. And in the morning when we get up, are we thanking God for what we do have? When we look at other people, it will blind us. Well, here's a deep 
hidden one, another reason why we judge people. And this is way deep in our heart. We momentarily and falsely boost our own self-worth when we judge someone else. Now, it always serves to make me look better than somebody else. Anytime I'm judging someone else, it will elevate me. Or it will keep me from looking at that thing within myself that needs to be transformed. That's what it serves to do. And when we judge others, our enemy will keep us in its grip, living out of fear and living out of judgment. And Jesus spoke very clearly about this. As he's still speaking to us today, he's still speaking to me and he spoke to me. And, you know, I, I can just watch. I've watched in all three services as I'm talking about these things that we do and why we judge. It just takes us down because we don't like to look at what's going on in our life. But Jesus said this, he said, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else. You see, let me say this about the Nevada coach. See, I don't talk like that. So I criticize people who don't. And that's how we judge. It makes us feel righteous because we're good. But Jesus said this, he said, to those who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, a religious leader, and the other a tax collector. People did not look very kindly on tax collectors. The Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like those other people, the robbers, the evildoers, the adulterers, or even like this tax collector here. I fast twice a week, and I even tithe. I took that 90-day tithing challenge, and I'm feeling pretty good about what you're doing in me, Lord. Well, that's what we do. It might not be that strong. Here's a good little poem. It's called, Who's in Heaven? I was shocked, confused, bewildered as I entered heaven's door, not by the beauty of it all, by the lights or its decor, but it was the people in heaven who made me sputter and gasp, the thieves, the liars, the sinners, the alcoholics, the trash. There stood the kid from seventh grade who swiped my lunch money twice. Next to him was my old neighbor who never said anything nice. Herb, who I always thought was rotting away in hell, was sitting pretty on cloud nine, looking incredibly well. I nudged Jesus. What's the deal? I would love to hear your take. How'd all these sinners get up here? God must have made a mistake. And why is everyone so quiet, so somber? Give me a clue. Hush, child, he said. They're all in shock. No one thought they'd see you. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever wrote that put anonymous. <laughs> we judge, don't we? We do it. And we might as well admit it because it's the first step to live the way Jesus calls us to live. You see, the problem with boosting our own self-worth, it's just like what I talked about last week. We manage our symptoms. We do these little things to make us feel good in the moment. 
But the problem with it, it just drives that fear or it just drives that insecurity. When we cut somebody else down, a thousand and one faults that you find in them will never build your self-esteem. It will only continue to erode it. It will only continue to make your insecurity bigger. It will only make the fear that you have of being judged bigger. Because Jesus brings us something countercultural to that, something impossible, something that doesn't make sense. He says, if you want to see yourself the way I see you, take this challenge. Don't judge. You see, the harshest critic, the harshest judge that we have inside of ourselves is us. We judge ourselves. We pick up where someone else left off. And so when we judge ourselves harshly, then we don't want to look at that and get that healed. We just want other people to change so I don't have to feel that way. It'll never work. It'll never work. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. But here's the supreme reason that we humans judge others. We like to be God. <laughs> We like to place ourselves in the seat of God. And really, when we're judging other people, that's what we're doing. Jesus gives this vivid picture. He says, please, take the speck of sawdust. Don't, don't even be concerned about the speck of sawdust in that person's eye. But please, pay attention to some plank removal. Pay attention to these things. See yourself. And, and through these things, I hope that you've identified something in your life that, that you can look at. Because you see, only the faultless has the right to judge the faults of others. And who is that? That's God. You see, when we judge others, basically we're saying is, I'm not at fault here. I don't have any faults. You do. If you change that, then everything will be okay. Because you see, I know, I see, I do better than you. Don't we do that as husbands and wives all the time? We just do. We do it with our children. Sporting events and church services are notorious for having Critics who know better than those on the front lines. I'm telling you, when you come up on a stage like this, you set yourself up to be totally judged. All the way from your hair to what you wear to what you say, if you say a mistake, on and on and on and on. And if I expected all of you to change, I would never be up here. But I've had to learn how to be judged and still fulfill the call that God has placed. Because if it was up to me, I'd never get up here again. But I have to be obedient to the Lord. And so I've had to learn how to be judged. And the way that we learn that is to look within my own heart and look at the places that I am judging. Jesus says, don't judge. You know, it's interesting how we know better how to be president, don't we? But yet we've never been president. We know better how to coach that UVA game, right? We could have won. Sorry, Buddy and Jody and all the UVA fans. But they did make history, didn't they? <laughs> They'll go down in the annals. <laughs> We've never played on that. It's a whole different ball game uh, than being a critic versus the one that gets on the front lines. 
Now, I don't believe that any person here, anyone online, I don't believe that we really, in the moment, realize that we're being so arrogant and hypocritical. I don't think we do. That's why it's so important for us to realize that that's what it makes us when we're judging others. I don't believe for one moment that we really want to be arrogant and hypocritical. I don't believe we do. But the question is, are we really willing to live these words of Jesus or to be what he's called us to be? And that's different from the rest of the world. He's called us to be different. This is our humanity. And in every service, as I talked about why we judge, we just kind of go down into this sinking, stinking place because that is our humanity. And that is why we need a savior. That's why we have a part. And a lot of times in churches, we don't hear that part preached. We just want God to do it all for us. But the reality of it is it's a partnership. We have a part in this and God has a part in this. And here is our part. See, this is not about becoming a good moral person and saying, ooh, I need to judge good there and, and that was a bad judge. It's not about, there are lots and lots of people who are good moral people that are not followers of Jesus Christ. You understand that, right? So this is not about being a good person and making good judgments. This is about a changed heart. That's why we're here today. And so here are some things. After this song, I love this song, it's Can I Get a Witness? And after this song, I'm gonna ask you, can I get a witness today of somebody just like the band that night? And I said to them, would you guys be willing to catch yourself? Would you be willing to make a commitment this week and because I made that commitment, I saw myself with that Nevada coach. And I had to ask the Lord to forgive me. Because that's what Jesus is asking us to do. Would you be willing to commit to catch yourself and ask forgiveness for that? Henry David Thoreau said, could a greater miracle take place than for us to look through each other's eyes for just an instant? And so God asks us, our part is to commit. Would you be willing to commit to build and heal your self-worth the way and find your identity in Jesus the way that he calls us to? Would you be willing to get up every morning and count your blessings? I just spoke with someone before this service and I said, the only assignment I'm gonna give you is you hit your knees first thing in the morning and you say, Jesus, this day is yours. Would you be willing to, to count your blessings in the morning. You just got out of a bed. You're gonna have some food today. You're gonna probably get in a car. Most of us have a job that we go to. Would you begin to count your blessings, what you have, not what you wish you had that someone else has? Would you be willing to allow the power of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, to transform your life, because I can promise you willpower is not enough. Just saying the words, oh, I don't wanna judge, I don't wanna judge, that'll never work. I wanna do better, I wanna do better, that'll never work. 
Because our willpower alone does not change, does not transform. It takes a superpower far beyond us in order to live this out. Look, we have enough to take care of in our own life that we really don't need to be pointing everybody else's stuff out, right? So I'm gonna ask you after this, can I get a witness? Get up, let's worship, bump and jump to this song and let's have a good time with it. I was going under, you reached out to me. No, there's nothing you won't do to pick me up and pull me through every hour, eight days a week. Yeah.
will be will just be a Sunday morning and we heard a great message and Jesus said some cool words unless we respond to that. Can I get a witness? Come forward. Everybody raise your hand, come forward. Right now, I've got something to say to you. You said, I'll be a witness. I'll be a witness in this world. And I know that I judge. I wanna catch myself. I'm making a commitment to count my blessings every day. I'm gonna find my identity in Christ, not in what other people have told me. And here's the part that I wanna to say to each one of you that said, I'll be a witness. You've made the commitment. And the Bible says that I know that he'll keep my commitment through his power till the day that I die. You've made the commitment. You are doing your part to step forward and to say, I'll be a witness. It will be impossible without the power of Jesus Christ transforming your heart. Impossible. You've got a part. He's got a part. That partnership will change the world. It will change you. You will discover a freedom and a joy like you've never known. That's just a byproduct. That's not the point. That's not your purpose. Your purpose is a changed heart. Not to be a good person, not to try real hard, not to work real hard. Your purpose is to allow Jesus and his word to transform and change your heart. And he never asks us to do something, don't judge, without equipping us with what it will take to live that out. I'm telling you, the world is looking for something real. They're looking for something that works. Your kids are looking for something that works. You say this works, let's live it out. And so we need to call on the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Because the name of Jesus has authority over everything. So in these last few moments, I'm gonna ask you, especially those of you that said, I wanna be a witness to drink in his spirit to give you the power. Ask him to invite him in to change your heart, to remind you in those moments when you're living outside of his word. And it's in the name of Jesus. Let's worship.
bones to live Call these lungs to say it again I will praise Jesus, Jesus You make the darkness tremble Jesus, Jesus You silence fear Jesus, Jesus You make the darkness tremble Jesus, Jesus Jesus, Jesus You make the darkness tremble Jesus, Jesus You silence fear Jesus, Jesus You make the darkness tremble Jesus, Jesus Your name is a light That the shadows can't
learned if we will do our part, he can't catch us. We catch us in that moment. Jesus, I am sorry. I see myself. That's why he says, don't judge. He loves us so much. His desire for us is that we would live the abundant life, that we would be different in a world that's shouting out for everyone else to change. I just had someone last night come and say, someone came to him and said, what is it that you live by? And he said, by the name of Jesus. Our world has changed because you've made a commitment, because you're calling on the name of Jesus. And he has honored us and called us to be his light in the world. And it's when we're different, when we live by a different standard. And when we're judged, we choose not to judge back, but to look within our own heart and say, I've committed not to judge. I'm gonna ask God for forgiveness. And I realize my own humanity will never do this. I need the power of Jesus, Jesus. Because when you call his name, the darkness trembles. Do you realize you have that kind of power? So Father, I thank you so much for what you've done here this weekend. Father, you have spoken to our hearts, tough, tough, tough words. But God, I truly believe that you never ask us to do anything that you don't equip us to do. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, you have empowered us through the name of Jesus that we can mention at every moment of our life. God, help us to catch ourselves. But God, may we be the people that commit to catching ourselves <laughs> and to calling on you to overcome this bad habit that we've created in our life. Father, we love you. Now may we go out and live this and shine your light. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Go in peace. <laughs>